Mum, you'll never guess what. What, darling? We sold out both our London shows and the Manchester one. Bloody hell. I know. So, due to phenomenal demand, I'd say, we've decided to add a few more dates. <gasps> Jessie, I'm not Joan Rivers. Well, actually, she's dead, so I'm not. But I d- how are we going to manage? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to get hired help. I don't know. Um, so, we've decided to add Glasgow into the mix. Oh, hi. <laughs> And then, to finish it off, we've decided to do a third London date at this Shoreditch Town Hall. Three. So that will be on April the 2nd. So a lot of chicken soup and matzo balls to make. We are so excited to be adding these dates. So if you missed out on the London date, that's going to be the last one. There will be no more. And if you're up uh, in the north, well, in Scotland, uh, please come and see us. I love Glasgow. We can talk about Mother India. And uh, deep fried Mars bars. Um, so the last final dates that are available, please go to gigsandtours.com to get your tickets for Table Manners Live. Jessie. Yeah. She's just taken my chicken soup and my chopped liver. Yeah. I didn't want to let it out of my sight. Why? But I've allowed, because I'm very careful about it. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. We are not at Lenny's house today, we're outside broadcasting. Tis, isn't it? We're actually in a car, which has very good sound. Yeah. Um, Maybe we should do them all in here. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's the new podcast. Yeah, like ca- like the karaoke, the carpool karaoke. We'll do carpool table manners. Takeaway. Go for drive-throughs yeah. and eat things. Um, okay, so we are. We have never done this. Actually, we've done this once for a huge pop star, where we've not done it at our house, and uh, the prep. And the, uh, the back and forth over this guest has been quite something. Um, so we have driven all the way to Holloway to deliver Meals on Wheels to Jamie Oliver. Why have you decided to do Because it's this? kind of an odd time that we're here. And I <laughs> yeah. think that Jamie Oliver needs to... Have a taste of my chicken soup and chopped liver. I think so too. I think it's my strongest dish. Just slam dunk it. Yeah. You know you're going to win know them over like with a matzo ball. And actually, because I made it a day ago, yeah, it's all gone like a jelly. Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah, the collagen. It's just so good for you. So we're just going to pop And you just like need some, Jesse. You've Oliver. got a cold. I've got the worst cold, so I'm actually... Oh, no, when I'm going to eat my soup, it's going to like start making it all stream and then you're going to have to take over. I know, I'll, have, I'll take over, don't worry. I have got to prepare myself for the National Social Work Awards tonight. I'm going as a guest. Are you up for a nomination? I should be, but I don't think I am. I think I'm just there as a guest. Guest of honour. Who talks a lot about social work on the podcast. Celebrity guest. I'm a celebrity guest. Um, I'm a bit like the Jamie Oliver is on MasterChef. Okay, at the National Social Work Awards. So we, yeah, we have driven from Clapham on this Friday morning. And we are going to offer up some super matzo balls and chopped liver. Have we brought Matzah? I made, yeah, bought Matzah and Khala. There was a mad dash to try and find Miss Hamisher. Um, is it Hamisher? Hamisher. Hamisher cucumbers, cucumbers um, which thank God Sarah found in a uh, shop around here. We're at his test kitchen. He might ask us to test a few new dishes out. I mean, one of my friends, Maddie, is um, one of his food stylists and I guess uh, chefs, and she absolutely adores him so I am really excited to meet him everyone you I know, think I'm going to adore him the man him. of the people yeah. 
He's been in our lives kind of forever. I love that we have come to his place, but he's not actually here yet. So we are like keen beans with chicken soup and matzo balls. And we're um, sitting in a car. And we're ready to crack on. We've only ever done this for Ed Sheeran, by the way. No, and I bought sausages that You know time. he's special. Jamie Oliver coming up on Table Manners. Way! <laughs> Thank you for doing Table Manners. You are welcome. We are in your, do you call it the hub? Yeah, I call it my HQ. Um, after about 17 years of having like random little horrible offices here and there um we also we uh, initially we went to near westland place near moorfields eye hospital uh-huh. old street roundabout because it was cheap yeah and then when tech city came in mm. it literally went bonkers so we got moved out because we couldn't afford the rent um, and then we came to holloway otherwise known as loho Oh, shut up. Oh, you are in Loho right now, girls. No. I have not heard Do you not feel the power of the Emirates Stadium, Arsenal? Yeah. Are, are, you, a, are, are you an Arsenal? Well, are you well, an I, Arsenal? I, well, I am actually a Cambridge United supporter. Right. Which, as I can tell from your sympathetic face... That's that, fine. That, that there's, but my son, uh, not, he is an Arsenal... He's a goon. He loves the arse. And he's yeah. gone mad about football. And then because of that, and because of the office being 200 metres away and our home being less than a mile away, um, I am now... Aguna. Aguna. My husband's a Spurs fan and... Yeah, he'll hate me. Well, he will, and also he will be laughing at you today because he showed me, like, this is, like, it feels so teenage. He showed me, he showed me an Instagram photo. Ha, ha, they can't even fill their stadium and ours is so no. much bigger. What's going well, on? I just think they've had a... I think Do you want him out? No, I Do you want him out? No, he's out. Oh. Has he gone? It's done. When was when? that? Like an hour ago. Shut up! Yeah. Oh shit! So yeah. who's in? I don't Pochettino. know. Pochettino. I just, I just know he's been fired. Do you think Pochettino? Oh, no. they were, that they were would, holding that would be... signs. But they up lost at... again last night. So you know, uh, the thing is, the he's Arsenal a supporters, man. Um, they, they, I think they're protesting. That's why they weren't there last night. They're protesting. Ah. But I don't know. That's just what yeah, I'm guessing. Right. But um, right. who knows? I'm not an expert. I'm a terrible, terrible football supporter. I am a beginner. My son knows way more than me. Which son? So, uh, Bud. Buddy, yeah. How old's Buddy? He is nine, and he yeah. just lives football and breathes football. Um, and I'm, and I'm, and as a dad, I just like doing anything that makes him happy. So I want to know: you, you have five children. Yes. Are you going to uh, have any more? I don't know. Shut up! Know. It's not off the record. Like no, it's not I mean, off. It's, the, it's, it's not. not off. It's not off. I don't really. I've tried. I have tried to say no more, but it don't go down very well. And like you know, I don't know. Jules is a funny one. Why she wants another child, I do not know. But um, she's a very, she's a real family maker. I mean, she's such an incredible mum. Um, and I don't know. So never say never. Well, I don't know. Oh, um, is she pregnant now? We're not, no, I don't think she's pregnant. No, I don't think she's pregnant. I mean, I don't think she's pregnant. But she's, I think she's, you know, she's forty-five, right, as of two days ago, and sort of. So she's it's going to be a push. She's getting on a little yeah. bit. So um, uh, I think I think she knows she's got a last window of opportunity as it were she can get you drunk um, this Christmas yeah she don't really need to get me drunk for a bunk <laughs> up but um you know um but look I, to be honest I um she has had to put up with me for the last uh well we've been going out since we were 18 and she was 45 two days ago and to be honest there's a lot that goes with being the wife of me like you know and she put you know um so I do my thing she does, she's like family. I, this, you can tell this place is 
slightly unusual. We got it's some amazing. really incredible food experts. We've got an amazing campaigns team here that looks at sort Is of that child 120 health. People? 140 people, wow. but some real experts from, from crockery, art, design, the testing team. Um, and we work with lots of partners and just try and help make food better wherever we shine our little light on, really. And sh- but there's a kind of, you know, the Jamie Oliver thing, as lovely as it might seem, comes with a fair amount of baggage, and Jules puts up with that. And then when I go home, we never talk about work, ever. Ever, 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 okay, ever. Okay, well, then what, what happens when you're talking about food? Like, are your kids fussy eaters? Uh, they all have a go at being everything. I mean, they're up and down like yo-yos. I mean, Tell all me. of my kids grow up around food. They've all grown stuff. They've all planted stuff. Um, but their palates and their habits, of course, change for better and worse. I'm going through the beige period, so I don't know yeah. if River's going through the beige period. Yeah, River's, River's just... Because I've got five, you've got this kind of incredible... What is they, meal they, times like, though? Do you, it's carnage. You, it's do you carnage. have to make different it's rare, meals? It's rarely... Rarely would you ever look at an Oliver uh, table and go, well, that's a nice, normal British family. Because you've got two teenagers. Yeah. And then you've got a 10 and a 9-year-old and then a 3-year-old. So there's three... And then adults. So there's like three to four gears of types of conversation, types of wants, and to a degree, types of needs in food. So, you know, the teenagers want the kind of food that I want now, mm. so they mm. don't mind kind of... You know, the... Although my kids have a bit of everything, they can't, the, the eight, nine-year-olds still kind of like it a little bit simpler, um, although they're pretty good with a lot of stuff. Um, they're good on their salads and their veggies and stuff like that. But Little River is hilarious because he's just like, he's such an Oliver. He's, he's like, he looks like me. He's definitely my child, that's for sure. And he just goes carb nuts. <laughs> carb nuts, and he sniffs out a biscuit. For, he's like a dog. Oh. He'll sniff out a, bis- a biscuit from a million, million miles, but he's... Um, yeah, he's quite, you know, he's quite demanding at the dinner table. I mean, Jules has got a patience of a saint. How do you, co- I mean, we've just done this cookbook. How do you come up with new recipes, like, that no one's ever had before? It's a really weird thing. Um, I've never struggled, ever, thank the Lord. Um, I, my brain works in quite a weird way, and I often imagine how it tastes and put concepts together in my head and I'll build a plate or a dish in my head and I can 85% smell it and almost taste it and I'm normally about right it's really weird it's like kind of like a slightly spectrum like um behavior to writing recipes and um I don't know I think like my dyslexia has been like a I've found it to be such a gift in my job, like a lot of kids I talk to, like feel it's a real disablement, and because British education system is is constructed to generally recognise and pat on the back a certain type of type of student, mm-hmm. which what I failed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I think when you're dyslexic, you look at like I'm I'm kind of humbled that uh, and excited that like MI5 specifically uh, employ dyslexics because they look at problems differently Why? because I they don't because so, so i find myself now i mean i think dyslexics just generally can't hold and compute certain stuff but look at problem solving in a totally different way and if you can nurture those parts of how you are and this is why dyslexia is a gift not a, not a problem it's just finding that happy place uh, sometimes I we work part of the social stuff that we do here. A lot of public don't know, but a really big, if not the central part of everything I do here, is about monitoring 
largely British but international child public health, uh, looking at health systems, looking at patterns, looking at health, looking at um, things that we could do to protect our children and it could be anything from the food chain to legislation to information and everything we do in the food world is very visceral to me and I really feel it and, and although we absolutely fight for beautiful photography and, and really well-tested recipes, and I sit there and dream things up, and in my own little weird head, I've kind of got this vision of an average Brit, and I want to build enough recipes that are, like, cosy and comfortable and not too far from where they already are, but then also always hang a little carrot of aspiration. And, like, you know, sometimes they take the piss out of me because I'll use miso. But, you know, 20 years ago, it was balsamic vinegar. And now mm-hmm. every, corner sh- every corner shop in Britain's got balsamic vinegar. It's just like they throw but it everywhere. That's, that's what I, I have to say. Like, I remember when the Naked Chef, like, you arrived and it was, you made cooking feel accessible and exciting. And I remember there was, like, this one, I, I was probably a teenager. How, how old were you? You were young. How old? What, started, when did it start? We when? broadcasted when I was 24. Okay, so, so what year was that? Dare I say, 99? Uh, okay. No, yeah, 99. Uh, so yeah. I was about 13, 14. And I remember, that, I don't know if it was in that book, there was this prosciutto-covered salmon. Yes. Yeah. And then you did this amazing puy lentil with Greek yogurt and spinach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'd it. sit, and I'd yeah. feel the fanciest ever, and we'd sit the prosciutto wrapped salmon on top of the bed of puy lentils. I, I mean, my mum always did this amazing puy lentil salad, but, like, it just was, it felt really... Easy enough to do, but also looked like you could host. Hannah and even cooked. Hannah, too. my sister, who cannot fucking cook, that was like her <laughs> go-to meal. And I just remember it feeling so exciting as a teenager, watching him, thinking, "This is, you know, this is really cool stuff," and I'm learning, but also it's there for the taking to be able to make. Yeah. Like, and just even looking at veg, it's not too many ingredients. It we looks, try and keep the ingredients down there. Which days. I think is really yeah. helpful. Yeah, I think so. For, yeah, and it's just... and So you, I feel like you've maintained what you did at the beginning. Well, look, the, 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 maintain, the maintaining thing is, is a, an interesting one. Because like, I was so grateful for so many years that anyone would even look at me twice or, or be interested. But it's a funny thing, like... it's. The, being an author has like so bearing in mind that I came from school I had special needs all my secondary school life so like where were you you were born you were, you were an Essex boy an Essex boy near Stansted Airport Cambridge direction okay little village called Clavering went to the local comprehensive school um but what, your mum your mum and dad had a pub mum still mum dad still run a pub to this day the, the, same, in the same pub yeah lovely pub lovely food everything done from scratch Desserts, the whole lot, ice cream, sauce. So, as part entertaining, was part of your hospitality. It's the only thing I knew, yeah. And it was normal. It's like, like most kids went down the stairs to like a front room. Uh, Mine was a wash up area and then a kitchen. And sort of, I think my sort of utter obsession and sort of romantic view on our country is from living in a pub, you know, which is, I think, the most democratic place in the world. Old people, young people, my best friends were like gypsies, cockneys. We had the cricket club, football club, you know, tennis club, bowls club. You'd have people that had driven from London an hour, you know, to sort of come and have a special meal. So I felt very connected to sort of community. Um, Did you help out in the pub? That's all I did. Yeah. Yeah, because I I love money and I love the concept of being able to save up. And I never had pocket money. 
And so I, you had to work for yeah, it. Yeah, but I always had a you know I always had a score in my pocket. You know, he's number fourteen year old. <laughs> I always had nice trainers. I always had twenty quid in my back pocket, and I earned every bit of it. And and I think like when you run a pub, like so, I clean toilets. I polish the brass in the toilets. You bottle up. You do the bottle basket. You'd wash up, and then you know you clear tables. You clear the ashtrays in those days. You sweep out the front. Um, burn boxes. Um, and then, of course, the kitchen was the holy grail. That's like where the fun and was. And was your mum or dad in the kitchen cooking? or were they? My dad was a fully trained chef and he kind of was in the kitchen, but then pulled himself out and employed a chef so he could run front of house. Mm. So it's quite a good place to be. Like to, to be running a food business and be a chef is good because you can act like a general manager, but sort of think like a chef. And, and like any kind of operational business, it's all about getting stuff doing as little as little to it but good things to it as possible and then getting it out nice and hot and beautiful so dad still does it he's still up at four in the morning baking bread doing the breakfasts and it's kind of you know i think he should be thinking about retirement soon but he won't stop but um you know it's an amazing learning ground for me and i think when i started selling books which was never expected ever you know my first book went bonkers yeah and i think you can kind of you can Luck out once or twice, maybe, but obviously 20 years on. Yeah, it wasn't luck. It's a very emotionally driven business. Like, it is a business. I've got, you know, I've got four, 140 people to pay before I get paid. But the idea of someone using a book in their shelf in their kitchen, it, like, is, like, my North Star, really. And, and so, you know, even book one, like, testing, testing, testing the recipes... Because there's no such thing as a perfect recipe. Everyone's got different so hands. How many ovens. books have you written now? I think I've written 21. I think oh, I've got at least five or six. Have you? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they're good books. Yeah. They're and we good, try, they're all for yeah. different, you know, some yeah. are about nutrition, some are about speed, mm. some are about cost. You know, this particular book is about veg. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually wrote that book nine years ago and I was too early. So I held it and I've never oh. done that in my career ever. What? Yeah. Was it called Veg before? Is it that's? It was can... called Veg, but it was a much more um, reportage book, family cookbook. It was much quainter, with really sort of not complex, but sort of embellished design. And now it's purposefully very sterile, very clean, and and it's because I know that the public are reacting to a different language. Again, this is dyslexic stuff for you. Like, you know, if you, if you look at one of my... If you look at my book here, you know, it's, it's... For a dyslexic, you know, you want to have white... You know, you have to really crave and respect white space. And try, instead of trying to fill it up, you know, with kind of... And being clear, you know, things like tray bakes, which people go mad for, you know, doing a little play on a pizza, but you just, you, you, it's a reverse puff pastry pizza. So a little bit posher, a little bit more interesting, but, you know, trying to keep the ingredients down. But, you know, taking everyday things, little hints and tips. So really, you know, you have enough, let's say boring stuff in there uh, in a nice way, and then enough exciting stuff in there, but really like fighting for white space. I know it sounds a bit odd, so... Yeah, and I think every, every book that you write has a different brief, right? And um, what's your next one going to be? Veg. Yeah. Ve- Mum's going to have to do a vegan to rectify all the fucking wrong things she said about veganism and oh, really? stuff. Literally, we're going to have to be like table manners. I do realise, <laughs> no, I do realise that we've got to change our attitude to what we eat. Yeah. 
if things are going to be sustainable. Otherwise, no one will ever taste a piece of turkey because we just won't be able to do it. Yeah. So I, I understand that. I think what's interesting is all of our great-grandparents would have been very... They wouldn't have liked the label, but they would have been probably... 60% more veg in all of their cooking. Even if there was a bit of meat in it, it would have been shrouded by veg. Growing up, so you were watch, you were in the pub, and were you cooking at home? Didn't have a home, I lived in the pub. You lived in the pub, okay. Yeah. So that was where you were having breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah. So who cooked that? Mum. So dad was a professional chef, but he was, he was very, they were both running the family business, but dad was very upfront doing that. Mm. But mum, mum's fine cook, great family home cook. And it's quite nice to sort of see the gear change between chef cooking and mum cooking or home cooking because they are different, aren't they? Mm, yeah. And they can translate to both, of course. But generally, when you're charging for a plate of food, you know, they want to be impressed by certain bits and pieces yeah, yeah, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But of course, I thought that my world was very normal. What I learned when I moved to London 20 years later was it wasn't. My dad was one of the genuine old original pioneers of what we would call now gastro pub so from the age of four five six seven like there would be live lobsters and crabs on a tuesday wow. and a thursday there'd be whole lamb being butchered whole pig being butchered game coming in from randoms around the village having snared them or shot them um pates being made sausages being made in um, other than puff pastry Everything was made in the desserts. We were famous for our desserts and the dessert trolley back in those days. Oh, dessert um, trolley. I think health and safety put an end to that. What but, did um, they? I think, I think they pretty much did, yeah. Um, oh, because they couldn't be left out. It has to be yeah. in the fridge. But there's a lot of sugar in there, so there ain't, ain't nothing going to go yeah. off quick. But, um, but look, you know, all those old tarts, um, and, and it was sort of Anglo-French-Swiss-style desserts. So that, this was where I earned my pocket money. So I didn't even know I was learning. So, and then, but you got trained, didn't you? I went to college. West, I got, did, you, did you go to Westminster? Yeah, I went to Westminster yeah. College, Vincent Square, um, and I was on crossover year. So I, I was able to take either NBQ or City and Guild 706 1 and 2, or both. And I thought, mate, I'm, I'm all over this already, so I'll do the double whammy. For, for the first time in my educational history, yeah, I smashed it. And <gasps> it, was, it was the first time for me, because uh, I, I couldn't quite fit into tr- traditional... So you got a Learning. certificate. I got a certificate that I've never used, <laughs> ever. Uh, and I think, like, you know, this is an interesting one for parents of kids of a certain age and kids that are kind of going through school and thinking about university and stuff like that. There's such a lot of pressure now. I see it. I've got, I got a, a 17-year-old looking at going to uni. Uh, I've got one going through GCSE, uh, just coming out of GCSEs. Um, the pressure... Yeah. for the kids is immense but also the pressure to be something like it's to very to know what you want to be, be. Well, it's, it's very, to be something yeah but it's very high achieving but within a kind of very scripted kind of um parameters really would you like your children to be chefs i'd love them to be interested i mean i, I think the nice thing about the food industry is you don't have to be a chef to be in it or an author or i mean it's such a wide ranging world and and it's such a fascinating area do they come and work here um my i haven't achieved any graft out of the teenagers thus far (laughs) i've given them loads of options um and they could earn very well out of me but they're just not interested but they are working at school so there you go buddy however my nine-year-old is amazing he knows everyone here he is like as cute as they come he can use a knife like, he knows how to cook. 
He can put a graft in. Like, he will do a 10-hour shift, for real. Bless him. No, and he'll come with me when he's in school holidays. He'll come with me and start at 5.30 and do a 10-hour shift. I don't make him, by the way, before yeah. everyone starts writing in saying <laughs> oh, I'm, God. like, awful. No, and he, he gets... Being with but you. also, he gets coined for it. Like, he's got... He's got money in his back pocket. Like he, mum, he just he's bought you. mum. He, yeah, he's basically me. He bought mum a birthday, um, birthday present, and um, Jules is like, "Did you give him any money?" I went, "No." I said, "Dude, he bought that with cash he'd earned like a month Bless ago him. in the school holidays." And he spent it on his mum. He mom. saves it all oh, up. I love him. He loves oh, his mum. Sweet. Mom. But um, listen, it's, uh, I think there's hope with him, but who knows? I mean, that's the thing with kids; they kind of they keep you. You just don't know. I mean, you've, you've done it. I mean, it's such an emotional yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. They keep you going, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm really hungry. I'm sorry. Can do we just start eating? Something? Yeah, so what's I the score? Ma- okay, I- this is a bit unusual how we do this because we don't, we usually have it at ours, so it's like and a bit... Have had so a proper dinner. You would have had a proper dinner, but we've kind of brought a token of ah, okay. our love. So I made some chopped liver this Beautiful. morning. And some chicken soup with matzo balls. Amazing. Which we feel like if anybody's going to accept chopped liver, it will be a chef. Of course. But some people are really funny about it. Yeah. You know, it's we got want, grated egg on the top. We it's with like it. Did we serve it to a rapper? To Loyal Karna. Do you Who's know he's a, a rapper? He's a he's, he's <laughs> a kind of he's an artist. First of all, the word. Bless I, him. He, I saw him go pale when I said oh, chopped really? liver. He, he went he went for it politely, but it's one of my favourite fit. Like I love it so much. But Sam. And my Sam and my brother, who've both gone vegetarian this morning, when mum was like cooking up the livers, they were like, but I, I love it. Mate, if they're nice and fresh. Yeah. Well, um, we'll see. But listen, the, um, so you, you, do you guys cook a lot of classic Jewish dishes? Well, yeah, but like, so. I'm most confident with that. Should I just put this on the table? Yeah, please do. I'm most confident with Jewish food, to be honest. I mean, it's very old fashioned how mum presents it. It's like, it's so funny. It's exactly how my grandma would present it. It's like, you know, it, it's a funny old thing, chopped liver, isn't it? I just love it. I mean, for me, it's, it's pate, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I um, think that they should change the wording um, of it. It just needs a then, bit of rebranding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, darling. But you do put eggs in, so. Ooh. Great. <laughs> Do you think you've got good table manners? I think that I have got good table manners. Do you think do you care for table yeah, manners? Yeah, I do. I really care. And um, something that I'm trying to work on at the moment, although I need some kind of level of behaviour at the dinner table that isn't carnage, which is because we have so many ages yeah. at the table. Yeah. Um, I would love to say grace. I don't, oh, okay. I don't actually care what religion it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, just I, I just love the idea and the concept of saying thank you yeah. for food and I get it after all these years I get it I get it I get it we all should be grateful for the food we eat and I think if you go back in the history of food which I'm obsessed by um, and of course you'll see this in Jewish cuisine or, or any cuisine is just the vulnerability of people they were so grateful for the food they got and um, so yeah I, I think my table manners are good mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like being on a sofa, like, curled up with a little bowl or something for me if it's yeah. just a me night in. But with the kids, um, they tend to go a little bit, dare I say it, um, forgive me if I sound condescending, American style, and oh. it's just fork. Fork, no. fork action. Yeah, right. So I'm like, knife and fork. Come on, knife and fork. Yeah. Um, feet down. Get that screen off the table. Oh, God, um, yeah. So uh, I... That doesn't mean I've achieved the goal. No, 
no, I've got five kids, yeah, so no, like, no, I can only imagine. I can only focus like. so do, many places. Do you have to? Do you won't allow screen? You won't allow screens at the table. Um, I hate it. However, River is such a feral child. Um, as in, he like, all my other <laughs> How kids. How old's River? River's three. Oh, he's the three-year-old. The baby. I would say he gets. Sometimes we have to put a screen. This will be controversial, I know. Oh God! But no. but Jules won't care but basically most of the time he doesn't have a screen if he's not eating it if you put a screen in front of him it hypnotizes him and you put anything in his mouth no they're so like the evil is, aren't if they if you've got a kid of... like if you've got a kid like river who like river will go you'll give him something and he'll eat it and because he's eating it and it's not round anymore he'll cry because it's not round anymore so you can only do that for so many minutes but also because he's because he likes carbs and and he's not as much all the other kids have been better on veggies and salads and trying different things. So he's like meat and carbs. So if you want to get some of the good stuff in him, almost the same as blending food into a sauce like, Just let him or, watch or the into telly. a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Me and, not so much me, but Jules will put it on and it does work. But we hate it. No, but I know. I, Please help but yourself. I'm much, Just try um, a bit. But I'm pretty much zero tolerance on yeah. screens at the, t- at the table. Um, it, it really pisses me off. Where are some of your favourite restaurants in London? Like, where do you go with fam- Like, where do you go as a family of bloody seven? Where's good to um? Where's to go? Um, this is delicious, by the way. Is it? Mm. Good. I love it. Very, very nice. I love chopped liver. Um, okay, where do we go with family seven? Nowhere. <laughs> nowhere would I dare. I mean, I'm, I know we're not that normal, but nowhere with teenagers all the way through to three-year-old, would we feel comfortable going out and not ruining some other people's day? So I would take my two teenagers anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'd take the two middle ones anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'd keep it light and easy with the youngest, maybe on their own. But the teenagers have no patience for the little one. So you just can't, you know, you've got to try and... But to be honest, I mean, uh, the restaurants I like to take myself or Jules, places like... Of course, I love the River Cafe. That's yeah. where I came from. Yeah. Um, Padella, which is one of my ex-students, Tim, fantastic, love yeah. it. Um, love the um, the Chop House on St John Street. Um, absolutely love that sort of food. Um, last night we were on a little laxer place just around the corner. There's lots of really interesting sort of smaller restaurants now, which I think is really exciting. I still love going to Raza, which is a vegetarian curry joint up in Stoke Newington. Um, and I actually used to work in their kitchen. They used to have a, a kitchen in uh, Charlotte Street in town oh. many years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, the truth is, though, I don't get out much. I know more about restaurants in other countries than here because when I'm working in other countries, go we'll go out lunch and we'll yeah. go out dinner and we'll just rattle that for a week. Whereas here, as soon as I finish work, I just want to see the, the missus yeah, and course. the kids. So, but where do you? So where, where's one of your favourite cities to eat in um, abroad? Well, London is amazing. Mm-hmm. We're so blessed. But I love New York. I love eating in Florence. I think San Francisco is brilliant for food. It's fucking pricey, though, isn't it? Um, really pricey. Melbourne's great. Um, Sydney, strong. But look, um, I'll sniff out good grub wherever I end up. I mean, literally, you can put me in the arse end of anywhere and I will find some good grub. Like this, this is delicious. Do you like um, it? I love pickles. I love this beautiful brioche-style bread. Yeah. And my wife buys this every Friday, actually. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. well, we've got a lot of Jewish friends, so we 
and we live in North London, like I say, so we, we sort of experience quite a lot of this stuff and we go around our friends for Hanukkah and we like candles and bits and pieces like that. Um, yeah, I love it. How are you going to do your Brussels sprouts this year? Good question. God, straight in. Um, so, I've, I've been enjoying... Um, there's two ways to go with Brussels in my mind. There's sort of longer and slower and there's very fast. So, like, I have Brussels in a hustle, which are like... You 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 ra- you ra- you rustle you rattle. I actually use my food processor. You can use knife yeah. if you want, but in a, on the fine cut slicer on a food processor, I just put like a couple of kilos of Brussels, mm. and then I basically go two ingredients: butter and loads of Worcestershire sauce, Ooh. and cook it hard and fast. And that is just but like, to but die like for. so like like a wok fry. Wok fry. Think yeah. wok fry. Yeah. Right, yeah. So um, are they are they ooh. are they shaved or are they chopped up? Yeah, they're wafer thin. They're like when you do your shredded oh. like almost And shredded don't push them through ones. too quick so they go even yeah. finer. But then to to opposite that, if you what I have been doing recently, my wife doesn't like onions, normally I do it with onions, but so I use leeks, what the white my of wife leeks. Wife doesn't like onions. That must be quite difficult. It's a pain in the ass. Can, can she taste them in anything, or does no, she just I'll not put, like I'll, to see them? Mate, I lose them in things all the time, and she don't even say nothing. But right, she's not but, allergic um, to them. No, so but you know, but she like onions. They're one of the best things. Nah, in the she world. hates them. She hates How them. Funny. I put them in her gravies. You know, I put them maybe in some curry bases, and I liquidise them out. But does she just not like the the texture, consistency? <laughs> mate, you never know. But after twenty years marriage, you don't want to de- <laughs> dig too deep. You know what I mean? You just. A, does she never do any of the cooking? Uh, she cooks very well for the kids. Yeah. Um, but basically, I cook at home. And, and uh, to be honest... Why would you not have I, it She don't cook way? for me. Like, she, might cook, she might maybe cook me once a year. But here's the thing. I don't mind that because I just want to love her. And the only way I can love her is to cook for her, really. Aww. Do you know what I mean? And I think... Um, I want to know what you cooked cook- for her the first time you ever cooked for her. Was that like one of your pulling techniques in, at, at the age of 18? Yeah. Um, Do you remember what you cooked? Mm-hmm. And where was it? Was it in the pub? It's sort of two-toned, because um, she, she came to dinner at ours, and mum cooked, like a roast dinner, you know, chicken with all the trimmings. So that was a good start. And I noticed an unusual obsession for gravy. And, and she was drinking gravy with a fork, which is a little bit disgusting. Isn't Jules it really? was. Yeah, filthy. On the first date, the first yeah, yeah, yeah. meeting with the parents. And, and my mum gave her a spoon. Mum gave her a spoon. She didn't have a spoon, and she, she liked loves the gravy. My, my, miss, my missus loves so you don't see any difference between soup and gravy. It's all the same yeah. gravy. So, so I knew that I was into a good eater, because so, she's a good eater, I like Jules. That. Um, and then the first thing I cooked for her was basically a spaghetti bolognese, which is good, because it's like, you know, everyone likes spaghetti bolognese, I can do a nice one. But what I forgot is that whilst sucking on the spaghetti, you know, if you you do, you do you, flap you a lot of sauce. You were thinking Lady in the Tramp. And lady it just in kind the of Tramp. I was, but also what the, it was more like Lady covered in ragu. Um, <laughs> but I think she quite liked it. And I think she liked the fact that I could cook. But also, like, in those early days, like, she used to be, she used to be a model back in the day. And, and um, she used to go on lots of go-sees and work in different countries and stuff. So I used to work, work, work while she's away, save up all my cash. Um, and then I'd take her out somewhere nice. So, um, so you know, you it's, are uh, romantic. yeah, I like romance. I, I'm ma- <coughs> listen. I'm I'm a massive feminist, but also I don't think that discounts chivalry. No, I don't. I, agree. I think I think bloody good manners and 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 no matter where we go, it's nice. Yeah, I'll open the door for anyone, male or female. But um, do you remember where she, you took her for that meal or not? Was it you, you'd saved up all the money? Do you know what? Because we were from the we were from a village in Essex where not really much happens. Um, 
the bus used to only come through every couple of days, uh, twice a week. Um, I saved up as a... Jesse, excuse me, one or two ball matzo You two. give me what you think I need. Two. Thank God, it wasn't three. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, because, I don't know, I, I, very early on, I, and I like the idea of loving people through food. Mm. And uh, obviously, in the, at that age, you're very much in love, which is great. But also, I saved up hard, and I took it to the Ritz. Took it for the Ritz. And we're from a little, little village. Oh, that looks amazing. Um, uh, we're from a little village in Essex, where nothing really happens. So the idea of going to the Ritz is like completely bonkers. So I was trying to show off, you know, um, and um, we went for afternoon tea. And then um, as we walked out, the, the geese at the door said, there's your keys, Mr. Oliver. And then we, we went for, we had oh, a night yes. overlooking Green Park. And I remember it was like 500 quid. It was a, a long time ago. That, yeah. And that was, that was like weeks work. Mm. Um, you know, but I was uh, I was trying to make an impression. You did, I'm sure. <laughs> I was trying to romance her. Does anybody want matzo? Um, yeah. yeah um, can I... you talk to me about matzo then? What do... Oh, that's delicious. So this is... Um, I like it. Yeah, I like it. It reminds me of consomme. Yeah, it is. Uh, your balls are nice. They're great, aren't your they? Your balls are actually better <laughs> no, than mine. That's what you Well, I think... Is it semolina in there? No, it's matzo. just matzo meal. Is it? Are they made out of semolina? No. Matzo... It's made out of this, but ground up. This is delicious. I, I mean, love your, I, your your balls are the best matzo balls I've had. Me too. Thank you, Jamie. Fucking get that on the front of the fucking cookbook. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, I, do you know, it's taken, me, it's taken me a long time to perfect these matzo balls. I think my matzo balls are the best matzo balls ever. If you say so yourself. I'm okay, sorry, cool. but I've That's got it right. Quote on the book. I've I, just got I have it right now. matzo balls many times, and in America. And? Leeds, all around North yeah. London. And, and I've even looked up old recipes myself and made them on myself. These are much better than all of those. I'm telling Thank you, fact. Well, Lardy Darman. You see, I did bring it for you because it's my. Because they can be like bullets, they, right? Well, they used to be. I quite like them when they're hard bullets, yeah. though. The, these I also are, like the the big American ones where they're though. like that big. But is there is there one aroma that really like? brings back a certain like moment is there some, one nostalgic aroma kind of in the kitchen for you there was i mean there's lots right there's lots and they all mean different things the, the one that was like a punch in the face that was powerful because i hadn't had it in 36 years was hibiscus and i had hibiscus in um uh new york in a very Arabic part of the city. Mm -hmm. And we were learning about the culture in that part of the city and, and the story of immigration and how they do stuff. And he gave me this drink that was like a hibiscus tea. And it viscerally took me back, like, to being about four years old on the Norfolk Broads on my granddad's lap. Um, and do you remember when you weren't very well when you were a child? You used to be able to go to Boots or alike, and they would give you... Um, either hibiscus or rosehip syrup. I don't remember And this. Well, yeah. you're a little bit, a lot younger than me. But, um, but I, I hadn't had it since that day. And hibiscus, if you have never had hibiscus tea, is the most joyful tea mm. to have. And then if you can get hibiscus syrup, it's like so amazing in desserts. And even cleverly used, 
you know, as you would honey in some kind of salads or dressings or to finish a little glaze. Like if you got, if you're glazing something on a barbecue and you just sort of like for the last 30 30 seconds, a bit of hibiscus, but hibiscus, hibiscus, it's an amazing. So that's, that's the most powerful time I've ever had it, but it was like a time warp. But of course, other things and smells, I'm like, oh yeah, then student days and then, oh yeah, that was, um, you know, takes you back. But do you miss working in a kitchen? I mean, um, I know you work in a, but you know, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the, I'm cooking every day, but um, as as, as you know, uh, doing shifts, yeah, um, I do miss it because it's a very, it's a complex job, but also there's something very safe and predictable about it. It has a rhythm and a pattern, and um, hard, I like hard work. Though. It is on yeah. your feet a long time. Yeah. Do you wear Crocs when you're standing in the kitchen? Never. No. No. I wear um, uh, Birkenstocks. And they're comfy. Yeah. But for the first third of my career, it was always like culinary versions of um, Dutch clogs. Mm. That was the done thing. That's and what they're awful wore. to be in there. So hard and uncomfortable. Yeah. But look, I got to say, like when I trained to be a chef, and I am starting to sound like an oldie. Um, standard hours was 80 a week standard um and i was pushing into the hundreds you know not the hundreds but like up to 100 Mm. like standard have you got any restaurants now uh i i've got well i we have 15 cornwall um in um, so there's still 15 in cornwall sadly we lost 15 in london i lost all my um uk restaurants this year which is awful and very upsetting and has been incredibly tough um, but uh, we also have 70 restaurants in 17 other countries, 18 countries around the world. So it's, um, I'm not trying to paint a picture of this or that. It's just sort of saying, you know, I mean, we, we try really hard at what we do. We work very hard with our foreign partners. And I don't know many British brands that translate into those. I don't know any other I don't know anything else in the high street that I know of that food-wise goes into different territories like that. So I'm still very proud of what we've achieved. The UK story was incredibly painful, but I don't think... Well, I know I'm not the only one, and I think, you know, anyone that's listening to this that has a family business or a small, medium-sized business, that it's more than likely that they're hanging on in there. Uh, I mean, you know, it's been so hard the last four or five years... Do you think you'll start new restaurants? I think I will yeah. at some point, but I think at the moment, like just, when yeah, I've just breathed. The deep interesting thing about my restaurants is when you've had the best. I mean, like I, I had it better than anyone else. You know, we smashed the brief. We redefined mid-market dining. We had like queues in all the restaurants for like years. We absolutely we were paying. You know, we were paying above our competitors. We were training them like no one else. But when it started to turn. Uh, I've had the best and worst of it, right? And so I think what I'm going through, like any kind of, I, I guess, um, loss or kind of... When it's grieving, grieving. Yeah. I'm trying to work out, a little bit like when we were talking about the book, you know, what, what's the point? What, what's my job? Whatever I do next has to have purpose mm-hmm. because, because I'm me. So I can't do cute and tiny I mean, I mean, I can, but like, I just don't think that's really answering the brief. So I, I'm going to sort of sit by and see what happens with Brexit. I'm going to sit by and see what happens to our high streets around Britain. Uh, we're going to sit by and see what on earth happens to business rates and rents. Have you got um, restaurants in Europe? Yeah. Crikey. Yeah, and they're all doing really well, funny enough. Yep. Um, so uh, the interesting thing for me, of course, is that I, I 
whether it's books, TV content or restaurants, you know, for a lot of people, they only see what happens in their own high street. Like mm. I'm, I'm very much aware of what's happening in lots of different places. And what's happening here in Britain at the moment is quite unique. Um, in my opinion. I think the word unique um, is a very reserved word. We've only got five minutes. So I know. I, lo- last supper. We need to know your last supper. Start in Maine. Pud. Drink of choice. Jesse, just ask it without the um, we, Yeah, we, we need to know your last supper. Oh, my Lord. Um, it's a bit of a tough one. Yeah. Because I think from a nostalgia point of view, um, we... I have to go to my mum's Sunday roast dinner with all the trimmings. Okay, so that's the main. Um, that's the main, I think. Beef, lamb or chicken? That's a really good question. I like beef because then I can have Yorkshire puddings. I know, but yeah. I feel like you should um, just incorporate a Yorkshire with a lamb or a chicken. You're absolutely right. I don't understand why we no, no, deny but ourselves that. was the that. way it always was. I know. So but you're, do you, you're right. But do you give a Yorkshire pudding with your chicken, roast chicken now? Never. I know, but no, it stays. It's ridiculous. Oh, shut up, <laughs> Come <Mark>. on. <laughs> um, dessert. We would. I, I think it's got to be sticky toffee pudding mm. with custard. Oh, not clotted cream. Not cream. Well, I like both. Oh yeah. Does that? Now you're talking okay? my language. Yeah. Okay. Are you kidding? I Jessie have cream has... on ice cream. I love it. And then on starter, based on what we're having, because we're going from the end backwards, aren't we? Um, I think like I remember when I was like seven years old, and the first avocados that ever came into the country came in, and everyone was like, "What the fuck is that?" Um, never seen anything like that before. And a good old-fashioned um, prawn cocktail. In, oh, yeah. With the avocado? Uh, with avocado, picked beautiful fresh crab and prawns, and the classic marrow sauce, iceberg lettuce, chiffonaded, fine, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and um, would make me a little pinch of cayenne and lemon juice. Ooh. Mm. Um, old school, but nonetheless full of memories and joy and happiness and... Um, yeah. And what drink are you going to have? Uh, I think that um, um, at the moment I am really enjoying a Negroni. Oh, aren't we all? Uh, everyone loves um, Negroni. Can I give you a Negroni tip? Yes. Yeah. And this isn't like a like uh, a dodgy tip. It might sound dodgy, but like it actually works. So the next time you get a Negroni, just ask the, the barman to put a teaspoon of limoncello in with it and see what happens mm. honestly look, I hate limoncello I right? hate limoncello I when hate they it. offer it at the when end of the night you're like no, no, I'm, I'm over it. I loved it for like a year I had too much off it it's like but medicine promise me you'll try it I right? will go and get Why, a good how, how did you find this out I got offered it up by a barman and said just to, I said look mate I hate limoncello he goes just try it and the thing is there's that slight bitterness that you get in like marmalade and bergamot and sort of grapefruit but it's because it's only a thimble mm. and because that just brings it out it just somehow like yeah. superpowers mm. it it's like a squeeze of lemon on a bit of smoked salmon it's like woohoo oh yeah so um try it and look you can only waste it on one um but remember that nothing good ever happens after three negronis <laughs> <laughs> um jamie oliver thank you so much for thank taking you. the time out i've of loved your... my food oh bless you um you are now very lucky um, to be the owner of the Table Manor Tea Oh, town. my. And it's, and it's leopard print. Yeah, that's because yeah. my mother demands <laughs> our, our bloody M pages you on the bloody cookbook, her leopard print. Yeah. My mum wanted it. I love it. That's going to go home with me. Darling, he 
started small. He now has an empire. I thought you were talking about the portions that he had. No. He did start... Uh, he, he, he had double portions. By the way, when we went off air, he asked for more. He went back more. for another one. That was his third bowl. I love that. I know. He loved the chopped liver. He loved my chicken soup. What an accolade. The best matzo ball he's ever eaten. The best balls in Britain. The best balls in... He said in, he's eaten balls in New York balls in San Francisco, balls all over the place, but he said mine were the best matzo balls he's ever eaten. And he went like this. These are the best matzo balls I've ever eaten. Like a light By bulb. Jove. Like a light, light bulb moment. Should we do a pop-up chicken soup stall when the book comes out? So everyone will get a chance to come and taste. Your balls. My balls. <laughs> Why is it so funny? Um, I love Jamie Oliver. He was lovely. What a kind man. Really lovely, lovely man. Um, that is a bloody empire. A big social conscience. Yeah. I wanted to ask him about that, whether that just feels like almost... We could have stayed another hour I know. if he hadn't had to go. I know. Um, but if that kind of is a bit of a hindrance, but having such a social conscience, that you can just see he's so interested in helping and saving committed. and definitely committed. But yeah, as we as we left... I said, God, it smells like kind of sweet red cabbage, spiced red cabbage. And the um, his PR said, oh, yeah. Um, and there was this big kitchen that's at the foyer. She went, oh, yeah, on Fridays, um, they all learn, the staff learn a, a new thing. So they were learning pickling. I'd love to work there. Can I work for you, yeah, Jamie I'd Oliver? I'd love to work there. I'd like to go and learn about pickling now. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you, Jamie Oliver. What a pleasure. I appreciate that. I thought you might that. invite us for Christmas. <laughs> Mum, I think there wouldn't be but any space around his table. There wasn't any space around his table. Um, no, thank you, Jamie Oliver. That was a pleasure. We've wanted to do this forever. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the chicken soup. On next week's episode, you will also be tuning in for some more chicken soup. I'm just uh, forewarning you. But people ask for it, Jessie. I have to give them what they want. We should have chicken soup in the intervals. Um, instead of Prosecco, we should have chicken soup. At the live show? Yeah. Why not? Give the public what they want. Absolutely. We have shots of chicken soup. Lachaim! <laughs> well, let it's brought my cold I out wanted, even more. I wanted to bring it home for you to drink. I know, but I felt like... Do you want me to make some more today? Yes, I actually do. All Can right you? Then. Yeah. You're just saying that for the no, podcast. I'll make some more now. Maybe I should start learning how to make it, to I'll be fair. I'll make some more now. Yeah, I need it. Okay. Thanks. We're back next week with a Christmas cracker for you. We are signing out of this year, 2019, with a corker of a guest next week. Um, don't forget to tune in. I'll just say one word. What? Dragons. And I'll just say one word. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> listening the music you've heard on table manners is by peter duffy and pete fraser table manners is produced by alice williams